0: Good morning, Happy Sabbath. I definitely want to thank you all for allowing me to stand before you this morning and also for uh, Pastor Ware. But I have definitely grown to love all of you. Um, uh, When you have God's type of love, you love and you don't even have to know a person because that type of love is not human. And humanity cannot offer that type of love because the love that humanity has, it only loves if you love me first or love me at all. But God loves, uh, goes beyond humanity love because God loved because that's why he sent his only begotten son to redeem us and to restore us. And so this morning, I, I just want to read You're hearing. I want to go back to the book of Revelation, and I want to read verses 6 through 12 you your hearing. The Bible says, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell on the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made the heaven and the earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. And there follow another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast in his image and whosoever receive the mark of his name Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Our Father and our God, as we look into the three angels' message, as we dip and and dive into it, we ask for your Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding from on high. Father, hide me behind the cross because all of my righteousness are as filthy rags, but thank God for Jesus who became my elder brother. And so, Lord, give me wisdom and knowledge and understanding as I open up thy word this morning. In Christ's name, amen. 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 Earth. It's made out of many things. Deep inside the earth near its center lies earth core, which is mostly made up of nickel and iron. Above the core is the earthly mantle, which is made up of the rock containing silicone, iron, magnesium, aluminum, oxygen, and other materials, the fragmental material composing part of the surface of the global Uh, especially the cultivated soil areas of the land as distinguished from the sea and air. And so the planet on which we live, that is the third in order from the sun, the mortal human body and the pursuits interests, the pleasures of earthly life as distinguished from spiritual concern. The first angel message said, It calls all people to worship God, our Creator. Glorify Him and recognize that the hour of His judgment is come. The first angel message is to be called, call all people to fear God, to honor God, to respect God, and to worship Him as the Creator because the judgment is coming on this earth. This is the first. Proclaimed by the Millerite movements in the mid 1800s, so the first angel's message is not only a message of judgment, but also a message of restoration to all things. It is the Elijah message, the final reformation that will separate the remnant of the spiritual from spiritual Israel from the world and prepares the people for the coming of the Lord. Amen. Then John goes and says, and I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell on the earth, to every nation, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and the springs of water. Kind of sound like uh, the book of uh, Genesis, when God created six, uh, uh, everything is six literal days. So God has pointed humanity back to the book of Genesis. Because when we look at Genesis, God created the earth in six literal days. But on the seventh day, God sets the Sabbath in place. But he set it there for humanity to worship him. Now, now, when I look in the middle of the Sabbath, his name is Abba. The Bible says that his name is Abba, meaning daddy, A-B-B-A. In the middle of his day is his name. So it cannot be any other day. Hey, Look, I've been to many churches, and I have talked with many people, with ministers and elders from, from all walks of life. And most of them, most of them, Ron said, "Yes, I believe that the Sabbath is the is the right day." But we weren't taught that. And I was sitting, Mike. I was sitting in, in, in you know, in, in, a, in a study with some ministers, and they were Baptists. And 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 somehow I don't know how we got into this conversation, but the Lord. Allow me to, to ask them about the Sabbath, because I, I, you know sometimes I, I pose a question for a reason to have people to think. That's what we ought to do. We ought to we ought to help people to think, because my question was to them, and I'm sitting in the midst, probably about seven eight ministers, and I said, "That's," I said, "You know, I, I got a question. If Christ rose on the first day of the week." And the Bible said that, that he, that the Sabbath was prior before the day he rose. But how can the first day that he rose be the Sabbath? And they sit there and they was puzzled. They would say, mm, that's a good question. That's a good question. And because something has took place, something has happened. And because, see, when I used to be a Baptist at one time and a Pentecostal. And visit a Catholic church, and I believe the Lord was leading me step by step day. because I, I was—I I had a, a buddy of mine, I think Jeffrey. He's here today. We were friends with some girls that live in Berea, and we were headed out there one day, and I and I saw a big billboard, and it says, "Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy." Now I was. Not just intrigued about this Sabbath day, but when I was in the Baptist church, uh, uh, this one Wednesday night, they had a study. And the study was on the law of God. But now I find in the middle of the law, it's the Sabbath. So my question was, Ron, uh, to the pastor, and I said, what is this thing about the Sabbath that people keep ignoring? That people keep taking it and sweeping it under a rug. So I asked Pastor O.C. Williams, if this is the Sabbath, then why are we coming to church on the first day of the week? And his answer was to me was, that was only for the Jews. And so I thought about this, Jeffrey. I said, hold on now. If God does not discriminate, if if God is the same yesterday and today and forevermore, he does not change. So and he's not the author of confusion, Mike. So why would he give just certain people one day to keep and then he'd give another group of people another day? Doesn't make sense. So Pastor O.C. Williams, after I posed the question, he walked away, didn't want to talk anymore. And I realized that this particular day had some significance to it. Because this day is going to be about worship and the end time. And we're we're living in the 21st century when most of us are fearful of this thing that we call the corona. Are you following what I'm saying? And Ellen White said, we have nothing to fear in the future unless we forget how God has led us in the past. We don't have nothing to fear. Look, ever since the fall of man, there always been... Viruses and germs and diseases, if we put our trust in God then, that we must put our trust in God now. Are you following what I'm saying? And so I I have no problem. If people want to wear masks, that's okay with me. But my trust is in God. And if we're going to get sick, we're going to get sick with a mask on or not. It's the truth. Am am I telling the truth, uh, Ryan? Because look, you got to take it off to brush your teeth, you got to take it off to eat, <laughs> you gotta take it off to wash your face, so you can get it in between then, if it's as strong as they say. But I've been looking over some things, I've been reading some things, and, and I discover, I discover that, that that this thing is something wrong here, because how is it? That the corona hits United States and Vatican City. Hear me now, Vatican City. You know who lives in Vatican City? The Pope. Nobody in that city. I think they had maybe two reports when this thing first came out in March. Only two reports, and but nobody was affected by it. Quite strange. And then I also look back when the twin towers hit America, you know, in New York City. How is it that terrorists can strike the greatest country on the face of the earth, and then other places are being attacked? uh, The where they wanted to hit the White House, but they hit the Pentagon. Then I discover that this country we cannot trust. I hate to say that. We're living in a land of freedom, but in my opinion, it's freedom to do whatever you want, Joyce. That's, that's what I look at the, the land of the United States. You're free to do whatever you want, and we see it. Oh, oh I'm sorry. That, that was just That was just a commercial. Let me get back to my message. <laughs> So the Bible said the first message proclaimed the everlasting gospel to every nation on earth. We see this as God using his people as co-laborers, co-workers together with him and spreading the gospel around the world. The Bible says and the Bible says that go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So God is using those of us to be a part of his ministry. To proclaim the message. Because usually people reach people. Are you following what I'm saying? So angels who are messengers. People don't, that don't know God know that something strange is going on. I was talking to people at work. And, and many of them don't even claim to be Christians. But they can tell something just ain't right here. There's something strange about going on in our world today. That we are living in the last days. And I don't know about you, but I take it seriously. I don't take this thing as as a joke. I don't take this gospel as something just to be taken. Because look, many times we just take this thing lightly as though we got time. Look, tomorrow is not promising to any of us. It used to be a time that you can be here today and gone tomorrow. But today, you can be here today and gone today. You can walk out of here and drop dead at the, at the cl- clip of a finger. But we don't know how much time we got left. We don't. And so the first angel message has three central themes. It is the everlasting gospel, unchanging gospel. It is the unlimited period of time. The gospel is, it is the teaching of, of, the, of the revelation of Jesus Christ. So God has given us this unlimited message to talk about the everlasting gospel and to, and to reveal who what Jesus is and who he is. If we're not reflecting the, who Christ is, That's why the world is in the condition that it's in. It's it's the church fault. I have to to say that, Dave. I got to be honest. Ellen White said God is waiting for his people to reflect the image of his son, and then Jesus will come back. And so we're the cause why why Jesus hasn't come back yet. Are you following what I'm saying? It's the truth. See, I believe honesty is the best policy. Yeah, you know, no, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 26, 18, that he who covers his sins shall not prosper. In other words, if you and I who sit there and make excuses and try to sweep our sins under a rug as though, as though it never occurred, and people see it, you think, you think people don't know when we're serious about God? We don't even have to open our mouth. People can tell if we're serious or not. In fact, people can tell if there's a glow about you. People can be in your midst, and they can tell something about you. If you're walking with Christ, if you're one with Christ, people can notice that. You don't even have to open your mouth. Hey, Tammy, Willard, hey. <laughs> so people, people can see. And so Jesus is waiting for his people in these last and evil days to reflect his image. And I dare to tell you that the image is in the word of God. That the Bible says, sanctify them through thy word, for thy word is true. So it is in the word of God. So it's not enough to know about Jesus. It isn't. It is not enough to just know who he is. We must know him intimately rather we must know who he is, and people ought to be able to come to us, Dave. When, when, when they see what's going on in the world and they are frightened, they ought to be able to come to us and ask, what's, you know, what's going on? Because I see you at ease. I see it don't bother you like the majority of the world. And, and I'm really shocked when I see most of the church, churches are closed. When the government has no authority, to close the church, none. Are you following what I'm saying? The government has, it's against the Constitution. The government has no authority to church any church. And I'm amazed that most leaders are so frightened that they close their doors, and then I, then I heard something else, that they're accepting money from the government to stay closed. And so the Bible says, put your trust not in men because man will fail you man is not capable of saving you you can only be saved through knowing jesus christ paul puts it this way in romans chapter 8 in verse 1 paul said there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in christ jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit so Paul is contrasting here. Paul is telling us, look, if we walk after Jesus, we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh because the old man wants to have his way. And it's a battle that we're going to fight until we die. Are, Are you with me? You believe that? It is a battle because the enemy will always tempt us. Always. And get back to my message. And so we're talking about from earth to heaven. The gospel has never been changed. Adam and Eve were taught the lesson of salvation by grace. When God covered their nakedness with the grace of God, he covered he, uh, with, with skins of an animal to symbolize the righteousness of Christ, which would cover their sin. Abel offered the lamb as sacrifice because he understood that salvation was found outside of himself and not in the merits of the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. Cain, however, sought favor through the works of of his hands, and his offering was not acceptable unto God. So here we have two brothers, Cain and Abel. And so here, Cain offers his best, but it was not what God required. And that's why we can't just bring God anything. We can't tell God what we're going to bring him and then expect him to accept it. Because it's not what he required. And so that lamb that Abel brought represents represents Jesus Christ. He is that lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And so when we look to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, Abraham understood this also. He understood the lamb when God demonstrated the plan of salvation in a miniature form through Abraham, his own son Isaac. He was a symbol, he was a symbol of Jesus Christ. And so, and so we see a miniature, miniature liking of Abraham bringing his son Isaac, who represented Jesus Christ. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And so, and so we see symbols in the Bible. The Jews also were taught the plan of salvation through the sanctuary service and the ceremonial laws. And through the sanctuary service and the ceremonial laws, the same principles still apply today. Our salvation lies in the same principles. The Lamb that was slain, and the gospel was never changed, but Satan perverts the gospel to suit his ends, and has been successful and deceived many. So, so in other words, what the enemy does, he tells people, "Look, that you don't have to look, and you can never be, you never be lost." You can do whatever you want, and I, I have heard this in many churches I've been in, that you can never lose your salvation, that your salvation is still, is still sealed. You are sealed until the day of redemption because the text says that. But then the Bible says that no man can pluck you out of my hand, but you can leave. God ain't going to force you to stay, Ron. You, all God has given all of us the power of choice. So the law of God is immutable, immutable. The law of God never changed. The commandments have not changed or been abolished. For if we sin willingly, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. In other words, if we're constantly sinning and then making excuses for it, then the Bible says in Hebrews 6.6 that we crucify Christ afresh. In other words, we're crucifying him again and again because and we be doing it willingly. Now, I'm not talking about when a person comes to God and they confess their sins. they make making efforts to overcome. Are you following what I'm saying? There's a difference. Because if you're making efforts to come overcome any hereditary traits, any cultivated traits, God can work with you with that because you're making efforts to quit. And Ellen White puts it this way he who pray only will soon cease to pray. In other words, you, there are some who think all I got to do is keep praying, but I make no efforts to make changes. And the Bible says he will soon cease to pray because there has to be prayer and action, action and prayer. i give you an illustration. I used to be a, a heavy smoker. Right? I used to be a heavy smoker. And I probably smoked about probably about a pack and a half a day. And so... I know on the side of the pack, it says, Surgeon General says, look, it's harmful to your health. It's killing you. You can end up with emphysema, with cancer, and all kinds of things, right? So I know it's killing me. Usually when a person is doing something, they they know they're harming it, they they know it. But for pleasure or whatever it is, they, they just continue to do it. So I made efforts to quit. So I would take a whole pack of cigarettes, uh, uh, mommy, I'd take a whole pack of cigarettes and flush them down the toilet. Uh, and then and then sometimes I took it up to the neighbor's house and gave it to him. Then <laughs> sometimes I just flushed and it, it tore them in half and threw it in the trash can. I would make an effort, and probably about six, seven months later, the Lord took it away because He knew I was serious. I believe if we get serious with God, He would get serious with us. God is not going to force us to make any changes. Effort has to be involved. I don't care what it is, whether it's smoking, drinking, uh, lying, or whatever the case might be. If you make efforts to quit, if you make efforts to leave the, 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 the people that you hang around, people that you, that you spend your time with, and, and you know they are affecting your spirituality, And you know, you're not moving forward, but you're moving backwards because you're in this environment that's not conducive to your spirituality. And the same thing applies within the church. Don't just think because everyone in in the church is born again. I learned that the hard way. (laughs) Look, the Bible says that in the church we have the wheat and the tares. Even Ellen White says it too. She said before Jesus comes back, it's going to be two classes of people in the church. That's what she said. And she said that they're going to be at variance with one another. They're going to be at war with one another. That's what she said. And so you, the t- church is in turmoil because there are, there's light and darkness. There's different opinions because we're trying. And see, God is going to see us through. It may look like it, Ron, that that the church of Zion or the ship of Zion is not going to go through, but God is going to see us through. Even with all of this stuff we see, even within the body of Christ, that lets me know that Jesus is soon to come again because I look at the church at large. Are you with me? I look at the church, not just the Adventist church, but I look at various other churches, whether it's Pentecostal or Baptist or whatever. I, I, I was at a Baptist church some years ago, and two women got into a fight over their children, literally, physically. And I watched the whole thing. I, wow. They were in the basement. They were all on the floor. Somebody called for the deacon's mic. They said, hey, somebody grab her, and they separated them. I, <laughs> I was like, wow have mercy. And so we're going to see that until Jesus comes back. So the second, I'm going to have to skip some because I think I'm too, yeah, I don't think I'm going to finish all of this, but I want to look at the second angel. And when Advent believers were expelled from establishing the the churches in the mid-1800s, they came to understand that because these popular uh, Protestant churches refused to accept uh, uh, God's warning as given and the first angel message. They have fallen into the eyes uh, uh, of God. They associated the fall with the fall of Babylon. So the second angel's message and also another follow saying Babylon is fallen. It's fallen, that great city because she had made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of, of fornication. Ancient Babylon was opposed to Israel. Babylon enticed Jerusalem into paganism and in, idolatry. And so Babylon eventually took the whole nation of Israel captive, and only a small remnant returned to rebuild ancient ruins in Israel. So God pronounced judgment on ancient Babylon. And Babylon was a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all earth drink the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Have mercy. And so Babylon, if we know the history of Babylon, we we know ancient Babylon fell. And then we know that the word Babel means confusion when they were building the Tower of Babel in in, in, uh, Genesis chapter 11. And so God warning to the church, the second angel's message and he's saying, look, this system, this, this church is fallen. And he's warning his people to come out of her. And he said, because she had made all nations poison, drink with all her teaching. That's, that's what he's saying in so many words. And these teachings are coming from Catholicism. Are you following what I'm saying? So in a similar fashion... Anti typical Babylon or spiritual Babylon, the confederacy of religious powers that rejected the truth and opposes God at the end of time, is prophesied to lead the people of the world astray and take them captive through her numerous fall. Beware of any modern day church can be part of a spiritual Babylon if they reject the clear teaching. ...of the Bible and put men a tradition above the, the word of God. The same judgment pronounced on the ancient Babylon, Jeremiah 51, is given to the end time. Babylon in Revelation fourteen eight. God is asking his people to come out of her. After these things, she sa- he said, and I saw another angel come down from heaven, having a great authority... And the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen and has become a dwelling place of demons and a prison for for every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird of all nations and have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth have become rich through abundance of her of her luxury and have heard an, and I heard another voice from heaven saying come out of her my people lest you sh- share in her sins and God is calling his people and do God have people in other denominations sure he do he sure do and, and like I mentioned earlier I was in a couple of different churches, and probably most of us, all, all of us, was not born into this particular church. Some of us came out; we heard the call, and, and, and God is speaking to us. And it has nothing to do with my church versus your church, but God is trying to take us back to take us back to His Word, because Catholicism has tricked and deceived many churches have fallen under her umbrella and revelation 17 talks about it when he talks about a mother of harlots and so she have poisoned many denominations who have fallen into her prey and Jesus is calling his people his true people to come out of her and be not partakers of her sins because they reach unto heaven and so the third angel's message is this. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark on his forehead or in his hand, he, shall, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out with full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented of his holy angels in the presence of the Lamb, and in the smoke of their torment, ascended up forever and forever. And they shall have no rest, day nor night, who worship the beast in his image, and whosoever receives the mark of his name. Here, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that have the faith of Jesus. It was only after the great disappointment in 1844 that the message of the warning of the world, that the third angel message is the final to the world, that the third angel message is a warning to the world, and it is filled with power and deep spiritual truths. And this is how close we are. If we can remember the story and Daniel... In Daniel chapter 2, King Nebuchadnezzar has this dream, and he was troubled. The Bible said he couldn't even remember what he dreamed, so he sent for the wise men of Babylon. They couldn't interpret the dream because the king don't remember what the dream was. and So, so he has a decree that go out. If you don't, if you don't tell me what the dream is, I'm going I'm to cut you to pieces. I'm going to destroy you, not just you, but your family also, and so Daniel hears word of it, and Daniel goes to the, uh, uh, the king's chamber, and he talks with him, and he says, look, let's give me a time. He said, only a God in heaven can interpret that dream, and so he, go, he goes to the three Hebrew boys, and he tells them the situation, and he said, well, we got to pray. We got to pray quick. Otherwise, the wise men of Babylon, they're going to be put to death. And so they pray, and God gives Daniel the interpretation of the dream that the king has. So he goes back, and he comes to the king, and he began to explain to him what he saw, what he saw with his head of gold. And then he sees the second kingdom, huh? chest and arms of silver, right? And then he sees the third kingdom, huh, a brass, the stomach, And thighs of brass. Then he see the legs, iron, and feet, part iron and clay. So he begins to to interpret it. And and then he expound on it in in, in Daniel chapter 7 and also in 8. But he sees at the end of the toes these 10 kingdoms, these 10 nations, these 10 European nations. And he sees a stone cut up a mountain, strikes the image of the feet. And that stone represented Jesus Christ. And we are so close to his second coming. Those four kingdoms already gone off the scene. Babylon is gone. Medo Persia is gone. Greece is gone. Rome, ancient Rome, is gone. Are you following me? So, what we have now is modern day Rome. And seven of those kingdoms or those ten toes are, are remain because the other three were taken and put to death because they would not become what they wanted them to become. In other words, whatever Rome says, hey, you follow us or else. So we got seven European nations left, which are the seven kingdoms or nations which are Catholic nations. Are you following what I'm saying? And so what we have here What we have on earth today, there are some good things here left on earth, but this earth is going to pass away. And I don't know about you, I don't want to be here when it passes away with fervent heat. And the Bible says that he's going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ is going to rise first. I don't want to be here. And, and, and if I am here, I want to be a part of the first resurrection. What about you? Because the second resurrection will be put to death. After the thousand millennium, the Bible said they will be tossed into the lake of fire. And, it, and this is quite strange to me. This is funny. Now, here God. In heaven, with his saints, they are resurrected as those who are asleep in the grave. They rise and meet the Lord in the air. The living saints, they both rise to meet God in the air. His feet does not touch this ground, and then they descend to heaven. And Ellen White said it would take them seven days to travel. Look, you don't need no space uniform, uh, Dave. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! You won't need no space capsule. <laughs> to get you from earth to heaven. You're traveling with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's and he got his entourage. Come on, help me now. He he got his angels escorting you back to heaven. Oh help me. Angels escorting the people of God back to heaven. No more pain, no more suffering, no more death, no more bills, (laughs) no more hurricanes, no more tornadoes, no more wars. You don't have to study war no more because now the saints will be taken to heaven and the wicked. Who are alive at the coming of the Lord will be smite by the brightness of his coming. And the l- wicked who are dead will remain dead after the thousand years are finished. The Bible said that they will be raised after the thousand years. Mag and Maga. Now, now here you go. You've got generals. You've got, you got Napoleon you got Nebuchadnezzar, you got all these wicked kings and generals and and, and people who are giving their will over to the enemy. They will will rise after the thousand years, and there's going to be many of them like the sand of the sea, and they're going to see this new Jerusalem descending. You're going to see some of your family member looking down. They won't be able to cry no more for you because God is going to wipe away all tears. Help me, Jesus. No more pain. And I can imagine that these generals are going to get them together and say, hey, it's more of us than them. We can take this city. And the Bible says that God would toss them into the lake of fire with brimstone. And when I, when I looked up that word brimstone, it is suffer. You know, like the, the same type of stuff that when there's a volcano eruption, all that hot lava. My goodness. So these people are going to be tossed into that Whew. Nahum nine says sin will never raise his head a second time have mercy so there will be no more death we, use, we would hear sometimes that the wicked would live on that they're in, some, they're in another place burning forever and ever and, and God out of his mercy would put them to death that's love because to d- burn them throughout eternity, that's not love. Could you imagine looking at your friends, your, 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 your family member just burning forever? That's not love. And God is calling for us in this 21st century to get our act together. But the power is in Jesus. It's not in us. We have to quit Looking at people as though they are God, and they're not. we got to look to our source, our elder brother, Jesus Christ. He is the only one that's going to get us from earth to heaven. Nobody else can get us there, Ron. Not even if, if I can look through the Hubble telescope. I can see planets and galaxies, but still, I can't get there if if Christ doesn't take me there. I ain't going there. I can see and I can look. But I look for that day, Paul, where we would travel for seven days. Whoa, have mercy, because the bodies that we have, this mortal were put on immortality, and this corruption will put on incorruption. And so, if we'll have new bodies, we'll be able to travel through the, through the galaxies. And we'll be able to see other planets. And then finally, we'll be able to see the face of Jesus. <laughs> we'll be able to see him one day. <laughs> the one that died for us. I don't know about you. We may cry
1: in this time that we're living in because we see chaos, because
0: we witness trouble and problems. But one day God is going to wipe out tears.
1: My appeal today is right before the appeal let me let me do this song let me do this song before this appeal <laughs> go ye therefore and teach all nations go 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 ye therefore and teach all nations go 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 Baptizing them in the name And the Father and Son And the Holy Ghost Go, go, go If you love me Really love me Feed my sheep If you love me, really love me, feed my sheep. Lord, I'll be with you forever and never to the end of time. Go. First appeal is if you've been
0: contemplating and joining a church, you believe that teach all the fundamentals of the Word of God, the truth. I'm not gonna put you on the spot. I'm just gonna you raise your hand and put it back down. God sees you. If you want to join a church, that you believe that people are loving and that the word is being truthful, um, being taught here. Ask that you will raise your hands and then put them back down. The second appeal is you want to say, Lord, I want to be a part that will share this everlasting gospel. I realize that it's not about me. It's all about Jesus. I spend too much time focusing on what, what people are doing and what they look like, what they think like. And, and, and God has said, Look, you want to be a part of my ministry. And if you are, you want to remain a part of my ministry. I'm, I'm going to pray that, I'm going to ask that you will stand with me. If you want to say, Lord, I want to be a part of this last day movement. I want to be a part of this last day church. I'm going to ask that you would stand with me. If you are a part of this church and you want to say, Lord, I want to maintain, remain, things are going on around me and I'm I'm confused and I don't know, Lord, but I know I must hold on to the hands of God. I cannot hold on to the hands of men. I see what's going on with our government, with the capital, with our president, and my hope is only in Jesus Christ. Lord, let's, let's bow our heads and let's pray. I'm going to offer this prayer right quick. Father, you see your people standing. They want to be a part of this last day message, this last day movement. Uh, They don't want to continue, Lord, to put their trust and hope in man or anybody else. And even some who are standing, Lord, who are not members, who want to make a commitment to follow Jesus, they believe that we're living in the last days, and they realize that the only way I can get from earth to heaven, I must hold on to Jesus. I cannot hold on to another man. And so, Father, I pray that you will answer those prayers according to your people, according to us, that we would make our call to the election sure. Forgive us, Lord, where we have fallen. Cleanse us, Lord, from all unrighteousness, Lord. Please, Lord, please. Oh Father, I pray that you will hover around your people. As they depart from this building and make their way home, Lord, they will remember that the commitment they made, they want to be a part of this last day message, this last day movement. And Father, I pray, Lord, that those who may not be physical members yet, if that's their desire, we're praying, Lord, that they will make that call election sure. And it doesn't matter, Lord, where we may be. East side, west side, the message is going out to all four corners of the earth. So, Father, I pray that you will seal the commitment that we have made this day. In Jesus' name, amen.